first in floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974 with your home improvement question, your do-it-yourself dilemma. Before you pick up the hammer, before you pick up the saw, pick up the phone and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Now, perhaps you're the type of home improver that doesn't like to do all that work themselves and needs to hire a handyman. And perhaps you've found that you're not too satisfied with that contractor or handyman. Well, this hour, we're going to have some tips and advice on how to uh, get perhaps a little bit better work out of the contractors that you hire to work around your house. And most importantly, what to do if the job goes wrong. We'll have that coming up in just a bit. A bit of advice. Play nice, everybody. (laughs) And also ahead, we've got an easy way to recycle food scraps without a full-fledged compost pile, which can seem just darn confusing. Plus, I think there's bugs involved. And believe me, when you do this, your garden is going to reap the benefits. And we've got the guy at Consumer Reports that's in charge of all of the testing, Bob Markovich, who's going to stop by at the bottom of the hour to talk to us about their new ratings on the washers and dryers. So if purchasing a washer and dryer is in your future, you're going to hear what Bob has to say at the bottom of the hour. And of course, it wouldn't be the Money Pit if we weren't giving a prize away. This hour, we've got the Energizer Light on Demand prize pack, and it includes a desk lamp and a light center. That sounds really exciting. I have no idea what it is. And it's worth 90 bucks. I want to know, does it come with the Energizer Bunny? <laughs> so call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. Leslie, who's first? In Alabama, we've got Pat, who needs some help reinstalling a backsplash. What happened? Hi. Uh, I bought a home that has mirrors for a backsplash in the kitchen. Mirror? And, okay, that's unusual. Yes. And I would like to replace them with tile. Do I have to remove the mirrors or can I tile over them? I've tried to remove the mirrors, but they appear to be glued to the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are they, um, is it fairly flat and solid? No, they're they're flat in the middle, but... Uh, kind of beveled on the outside of it. I don't know. What do you think, Leslie? Is it worth going on top of it? I mean, I think you probably can epoxy over it. It'll be a fairly thick application when you're done. But the problem is that because they're glued on the wall, you're going to end up really damaging the wall if you try to take them off. You'll end up breaking them to take them off. Yeah, I know. What kind of tile do you want to put over it? I was thinking of the sort of the small, uh, the little glass... um, quarter-inch kind of tiles. Oh, like the pretty mosaic kinds? Yes. Well, I mean, that tends to adhere really well because of the mesh backing. It really does give a space for all of your mastic or whatever adhesive you're putting on the back to sort of find into the nooks and crannies. You might, Tom, do you think it's going to be too slick on the mirror and you might have to take some sandpaper just to sort of scuff up the face of the mirror? No, probably not, because think about the mirror as it attaches to the wall. I mean, basically use an epoxy uh, glue on that, and that adheres well to the wall. So I think we can get the tiles to adhere to the mirror. You know, my choice is always to remove it, even though it's a lot of work. But mirror, it's like a whole host of problems. You know, we yeah. have a good trick where you take some piano wire, and if you can get behind it along the top and sort of take that wire back and forth and cut through the adhesive, but you're destined to break that mirror, and, you know, it could be a, a dangerous task. You have to be very careful because you'll get shards of glass that'll fly off. You have to wear gloves and safety glasses, and, you know, another trick of the trade is to cover it with duct tape and then basically very gently try to break the mirror into pieces and then scrape it off the wall that way. You know, the good news is that even if you damage that drywall behind it, you're um, tiling over it. You're tiling over. So even if you peel the paper off that the drywall is attached to, you'd probably still be okay. 
Okay. So I would say if you can get the mirror off, that would be my first choice. If not, I'm pretty sure that you could adhere the new mosaic tile right to the top of it. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit, and we can help you get your projects done right. That's right, the important way, right and correct, and only once. So give us a call with your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, are you not happy with the work your contractor did? Has your handyman left you high and dry? Find out how you can get your job back on track after this. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And if you give us a call at that magic number and ask your question on the air, you've got a great opportunity to win a very cool prize pack. And it's a light on-demand prize package from our friends over at Energizer. And in this prize package are a twin light center and a desk lamp. And the twin light system has two detachable area lights with a nightlight. And you can use it every Every day, And when the power is out, you are still going to have some lights going on in your house. They mount easily on a wall and they don't require any hard wiring. It's worth about 90 bucks, but you got to be in it to win it. So pick up that phone and call 1-888-MONEYPIT for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. All right. So perhaps you're not a do-it-yourself or perhaps you're a direct-it-yourselfer and you've chosen to hire a contractor to get a project done around your house and found that perhaps it didn't work out so well. Well, How do you try to resolve that? Many disputes are the result of a communication breakdown. And one of the ways that you can protect yourself from a communication breakdown is to make sure first you have a really good contract. And even if your contractor hasn't given you one, there's no reason that you can't fine tune whatever he or she has submitted to you. And one of the most important parts of that contract is the change order section. What's a change order? Well, that's where a lot of problems develop because as the project proceeds, you often find that there are changes that are made or necessitated because you know you open up a wall and you find termite damage or you decide to move the window six inches and you think, ah, what the heck? How much can it cost? And then all of a sudden, you're looking at a lot more dollars at the end. So make sure you have a good contract that it has provision for change orders where you document either costs or credits based on changes that are made along the way. Now, if you've done all this and you still have a problem, it's best to keep a journal of the problems as they develop and then communicate that in writing to the contractor because that written record of the project is the best way to sort out problems at the end of it if you get that far. And worse comes to worse, if you do end up going to court, that written record is going to be your salvation because anything that's completed as the job progresses is going to be very valuable if a judge gets involved in trying to solve this problem for you. Hope that helps you out. If you have a question about working with a contractor, perhaps you can call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT, and we'll deal with that as well. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? Tom in Pennsylvania has a painting question. What's going on? Well, listen, I have a a bi-level, and the outside block wall um, is kind of sandy, and um, I did some repair on it because some of the um, the pargine, it's not a true stucco, but a pargine, 
uh, flaked off, and I, you know, I mixed up some cement and I put it on there, and um, I actually painted it with an outside um, mason paint. Uh, but it, it seemed like a year later, um, actually the half of the bi-level that's insulated and heated, because I put a family room on that side, right. it seemed like all the paint's peeling off. Not on the other side, where there's really no heat, just a regular basement with the washer and dryer. Um, I did insulate it. You know, there's there's um, common groove wood inside there. What there side of the I house is the, the paint outside? peeling off on? Is it the north or the south? On the south. Okay, well, you've got a lot more sun there, so that could be part of the problem. Yeah, but it's just on the one half. It mm-hmm. seemed like the other half that I painted didn't flake off at all. Did the parging repair stick? Is, is any of the parging falling off? No, the parging repair did stick. Um, okay. It's the original parging that's just a real sandy. And I did know that when they built the house, because I had it built, they did the parging and during the winter time, and I thought maybe that somehow it kind of froze a little bit and didn't cure right. But like I said, when I did paint it, um, the parts that fell off were mm-hmm. flaky. Real, the, the parge is real sandy. Well, did you prime this before you put the paint on that new surface? Um, not, no, I didn't use any primer at all. The paint yeah. that I used mm-hmm. um, was a primer and masonry paint in one. Okay. Well... If it's the paint is peeling, you don't have, you have an adhesion issue, and you have to understand that when paint is 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 designed, that it's either designed to be a primer, which is very adhesive, or to be a top coat, which has a lot more color in it. And while there may be some products out there that mix both together, I think you're always better off, especially if you have a difficult masonry surface. surface of using a primer first, preferably an oil-based primer on an oil surface, like a Kills or a Bin or something like that. And then you could put a top coat over that. I think in this uh-huh. situation, since you've tried the masonry product that's a two-in-one, that what you really probably should do here is wire brush all of that stuff off that's really loose, get as much of it off as you can, prime the surface, let it really dry and really adhere. And in fact, you know, if it's cold and damp, I would not do this. I'd wait for a nice warm, you have to dry wait for day. for it really to dry out. Especially with right, masonry right. because, you know, it's so spongy in terms of its ability to hold water. And it may look like it's dry, but it could, you know, it's very hydroscopic. So it's going to suck water through from the soil. It's going to really maintain that water. So wait for, you know, it to be dry for a few days. You know when the perfect time right. is to do this on a, on a maybe a not terribly hot, but just a slightly warm summer day on the south side. Wait for the sun to go down about four o'clock in the afternoon. And it's not in direct sunlight, but the but the masonry surface is nice and dry and a bit warm. That would be the perfect time to paint this. And you'll get really good adhesion, and I think it's going to last a lot longer. Yeah, I, I did do that when um, when I did initially do it. Um, you know, it was dry. Um, I, in fact, I, I went out and I pressure washed the whole thing. After you pressure washed it, how long did you wait? Oh, I waited. I waited a week okay. for it to dry. I mean, it, it, it dried. Uh, it, it was in August, and it dried. Right, but again, um, you used a two-in-one uh, paint that was primer and paint mixed together. I'm suggesting to you that the best thing to do is to do a separate primer coat and then a top coat. I think you're always going to be better off uh, doing it that way, Tom. Okay, is, is that like a thermoseal, bonding seal, or, or just a primer? Primer, standard exterior-grade prim- primer. Use an oil-based kills, for example. Okay. Will work very well. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. 
Tom, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Red in Utah has a question about roofs, specifically how long they should last. What kind of roof are you talking about, Red? I got an asphalt roof. Okay. Yeah, it's, I've got a, the house and uh, it's been added onto, and then, but this roof has been on for a couple, you know, what, 20 years. Yeah, and that's about as long as they normally last, but it depends on a number of factors. You know, in a, in a real hot climate, you may only get 15 years. In a cold climate, you may get 25 years. It also depends on the level of roof ventilation. If the attic under this roof is well ventilated so that the attic stays cooler in the summertime, that can add some life to the roof. If this layer of shingles is a second layer as opposed to a first layer, typically the second layers don't last as long because they kind of stay hotter and retain more heat because of the first layer underneath of it. So 20 years is a good average. Are you seeing signs that this roof perhaps may need to be replaced, Red? Well, uh, you know, I've had that guy say, oh, you need to replace it because the shingles are curling up on the edges. But you get up and look on the top, you know, get up on top of the roof, I mean, it's still at the... the uh, the sand that they put on for coloring and stuff like that, mm. that isn't uh, coming off. It's not showing bare asphalt on it. It's... Uh, it's just the curls of the corners of it. Okay, if, you're, if your shingles are curling up, I'll tell you right now that roof's probably older than 20 years because the shingle technology has changed and the new ones have been out for a good 15, maybe and more years now. And they don't even curl, and they regardless don't curl anymore. of the wear. Yeah, the, old, the older ones that are, that are 20, 25 and older are the ones that curl. And so if you're seeing the edge of those shingles curl up, now the fact that you don't, that you still have sand on there, that doesn't mean the shingle is not worn because what happens is the oil in the shingles evaporates. The, the asphalt becomes more porous and then it holds more water against the roof. So if your shingles are starting to visibly deteriorate and curl and crack like that, then I would think that a new roof is in your future. Now, we're not talking about an emergency. you got to do it next week. But certainly no. within the next year, that would be a good time for you to start thinking about replacing that. And if your shingles are curled like that, I would absolutely not recommend an additional layer because the next layer will look uneven and unsightly. I would definitely strip down the existing one or two layers that's on there right now and, oh, and put only one layer on layer. There's there's only one layer. I would still strip it off. I wouldn't put a second layer on if the shingles are curled like that. What about putting uh, a metal roof over top of them? That now you, that could, you do. could do. Yeah, that you could do. And, and that's, you know, that's going to be a very expensive solution, but metal roofs are terrific, and they last, uh, you know, 50, 50 100 years. years. Yeah. Well, they're cheaper in the long run, though. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. You, if you live that long. <laughs> well, I won't. I won't live fifty to a hundred. I'm already sixty nine. So, <laughs> all right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. And we certainly hope that Red makes it through the next roof and the one after that. Talking to Monique in Utah. What can we help you with today at the Money Pit? I have a front entry door that has that six inch window that runs the length of the door that has clear glass, and I would. I have a current up there now, but I would really like to put something on there that would kind of make it look more fogged or crystallized or something. I've heard there's products out there or tints, but I'm not sure if that's true or not. Now, it's just sort of a light that's in the center of the door? Is it painted? No, no, it runs, it runs the side, the length of the door. It's kind so of, it's like um, two side lights or just one it, side light? No, it's just one window that runs the length of the door. So right next to the door, there's this little window that runs, it's about six inches wide and runs the full length of the door. Okay, so there's no grill work or anything on there? 
No. Mm-mm. You can no. get, if you're looking for frosting, there's actually a spray can of glass frosting. I think Krylon makes it. It's available at craft stores and home centers. And you just have to be careful in your application of it because you want to make sure you do it uniformly. You don't want to end up with areas where you get spray heavy. So you might want to get a piece of glass just to sort of practice on to get your technique down. But that works extremely well. They also have colored frosted glass paint. But I, you know, we've used it on the TV shows I've worked on. I think it can look a little cutesy and chintzy in some cases. But if you pick a nice color, it might do the trick. Or you can get rice paper, you know, beautiful paper that comes in lengths on rolls or several different colors of it and almost put it together as a patchwork or run the whole length of the glass and attach that with um, just some double stick tape or even some spray adhesive lightly in some key areas in the corners just to sort of hold it in place so that you're not spraying adhesive all across the entire glass. And those are some good ideas to sort of give you a different sort of take on it. Okay, now I have a dog that likes to put her nose against it. So would I be better off using the Krylon product, do you think, for that? Uh, The frosted paints, as good as they are, they're not going to (laughs) take repetitive nose prints. No, no, I think once it's frosted up, she won't be as prone to look out there. But that's another reason. I just don't, I want to have something that if she... Because I know that once it's dry, it's uh-huh. st- it's, it even gets a little powdery if you kind of brush it. Oh, okay, okay. So I think with a wet nose, you might end up with a little wet nose little spot. Little spots underneath it. Oh, I don't yeah, want exactly. that. Okay. Well, I'll have to figure out something to keep her away from there. But I, if she can't look out at it anymore, I think it'd be a nice thing. But it's mainly the people that looking in, the little kids that press their faces. So it'd be nice to have a little privacy there without having to replace the full glass. So, okay, I'll give that a whirl. Great, thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, we'll be joined by the guy that makes all those rating decisions at Consumer Reports. Bob Markovich is joining us with their findings when it comes to picking a washer and a dryer. We'll help you choose the best one for your needs after this. You live in a Money Pit. Money Pit is brought to you by Ream Water Heaters. For dependable, energy-efficient tank and tankless water heaters, you can trust Ream. Learn more at SmarterHotWater.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us now with your home improvement question. Call us now with your do-it-yourself dilemma. Call us now if you're thinking about getting a new washer and dryer. If you're going to do that, you probably want more energy efficiency in the choice of those appliances. Now, we know generally today that front loaders are the best way to go to save both water and energy. But if you think they're too pricey, we've got some good news on the horizon. The prices are actually coming down. Yeah, that's right. And here to tell us about that and all the test results from a whole range of washers and dryers is Bob Markovich. He is the home franchise editor for a very fantastic magazine, Consumer Reports. Welcome, Bob. Thanks. Good to be there. So, Bob, you preside over um, pretty much all the editorial content that has to do with our homes, washers and dryers and ranges and refrigerators and lawnmowers and paints. So you've got a pretty important job over there, and, and now you've tackled the task of identifying uh, the best washers and dryers out there. What's the top line? What did you find is, the, is some of the best buys out there in washers and dryers? I think this is an area of really, really great news because last time we tested, uh, and that was uh, actually in June 07, um, you had to spend at least $900, at least, to get uh, better than, well, mediocre washing performance. And that's what's changed because of the tough new energy standards, uh, even top loaders now have to be much more efficient. And at first they were really having difficulty uh, getting more efficiency and better washing. 
but at least among the top loaders now, uh, you can really, really uh, get a great machine that really doesn't cost a whole lot of money. In fact, while you can spend $1,500 or more even for a top loader, uh, we have two great ones. Uh, one of them is the CR Best Buy GE uh, WJRE5500G for $480. Now, that's, that's a good price. $480 for a machine that actually scores very good in washing is, is, is really good. The other one is even less money. The estate, uh, it's the ETW4400T, and uh, that's just $400. And again, it did wow. a very good job of washing, and, and at least it got good energy and water efficiency. Good in our test is a three-blob. A three-blob? Uh, so the hollow circle that you see, we call it a <laughs> oh, three-blob. Oh, that's a technical term for it, a yes, blob, That's right. Huh? That's, that's the technical in- insider's term. You know, <laughs> if you've blob. got a, a solid orange, it's, uh, it's, it's excellent. If you've got a half orange, it's very good. If you've got a three-blob, as we call it, the hollow one, it's only good which is mediocre, it's not bad. Uh, and then you've got a fair, which is half black, and you've got solid black as a, as a poor. So these guys were very, very, were very good in washing, which is, which is nice for the money, and they're okay in energy efficiency. Well, speaking of energy efficiency, I want to ask you a question about that, because as you mentioned, they used to be real, real expensive. If mm-hmm. you were sitting there and you got yourself a 10-year-old washer, and maybe it works okay, it's not necessarily broken down, does it ever make sense to sort of replace that washer before it, it totally falls apart because you'll actually save more money over the long haul? You know what? If you're looking just to save money, um, you probably won't do all that much better. For instance, I will say that the difference now uh, between, say, the least and most efficient uh, washer might be $30 or so a year. That's not a lot of money. On the other hand, again, a lot more people are green conscious, and especially if your old machine needs work. Machines can last a long time, but our general rule of thumb is that if the repair is going to be more than 50% of the cost of a comparable new model, it really doesn't make sense to repair it, you know? I was going to say, Bob, are you finding that when folks decide that it's time to replace one or both units, are they looking to do the washer and dryer at the same time, or, or are they even looking to do the same manufacturer of the units, or is it better to sort of evaluate each on their own? It really is better to evaluate each on its own. Uh, actually, to answer the question, uh, some 60% of washers and dryers are now bought as a pair. So this is growing as people decide, I want a matching set, I want the same exact color, the controls that look similar. Um, but I'll tell you what, uh, dryers, most dryers do a pretty good job. There's a lot less going on with dryers. You know, mo- most, did, most did very well, actually. Washers are where you're going to see the biggest differences. And again, especially if you want, we, we looked at a couple of top loaders that are very inexpensive and are okay for efficiency. Suppose you really want the best in efficiency, not just to save money, but you really want to do the right thing by the planet. And not only that, you also want the best washing performance in many cases. A, t- a front loader is still the way to go. And this is where the prices are really starting to come down. It's not as uh, cheap as the two I just named. They're not $400. But we had uh, one of them, and this is a front loader. Uh, it was the number two performer. It was an LG model. It's the WMO642H, $900 instead of $1,500. Wow. You know, the one just above it was 1500 and here's it's, it's almost half. Well, we like and when they're moving in that direction. Bob Markovich is the home franchise editor for Consumer Reports. Bob, before we let you go, one uh, one question about dryers. I learned recently that uh, Energy Star does not rate dryers, so there's no really such thing as an Energy Star rated dryer. So I guess the efficiency is really in the washer. If the washer takes the water out, mm-hmm. then the dryer has to run less and hence exactly. is more efficient, correct? 
that's what's great about the front loaders is that they really do a great job of moisture extraction. So that saves drying time. It saves energy that way. It saves time. Just another quick uh, suggestion under front loaders. Another one that uh, was a little bit lower in the ratings but still really a good score uh, was the Frigidaire Gallery. It's $650. And it scored very, very well, and it was excellent in efficiency, very good in energy efficiency, very good in water efficiency, and that's the gallery GLTF2940F, as in Frank. Another very good performer among front loaders that costs far less than than $1,500. Absolutely. Bob Markowitz is the home franchise editor for Consumer Reports. The magazine is on newsstands now, or you can go online and visit them at consumerreports.org. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Bob, so much for all of that great information and all those washers and dryers that are out there on the market. All right, well, if you want the benefits of enriched soil in your garden without the work of building a compost pile, we've got some tips for you. We're going to tell you how to turn kitchen scraps into garden gold after this. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at The Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Well, if your latest plumbing project has rendered your entire home fireproof, you are in exactly the right place because this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, and we can help you dry things out if you pick up the phone and call us at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And if you ask your question on the air, you could also win a great light on-demand prize package from the folks at Energizer, which includes a twin light center and a desk lamp. And it's worth 90 bucks. So call us right now for your chance to win with your home improvement question at 888-MONEY-PIT. All right, Tom. Now, I know we've talked about garbage and the sheer volume of trash that families build up on an average basis. You know, a lot here on the show. It's a topic that we do tend to talk about. And talk what, trash. Yeah, exactly. And what was it that families generate on the average, a family of four, about 40 pounds of trash weekly? Yep. Which is crazy. So if you are interested in cutting down the amount of waste that you and your family generate from your kitchen, why not try this? You can get rid of some of that organic waste without the toil of a traditional compost pile or even one of those composting cans that you could put together for your kitchen itself. Just go ahead and compost directly into your garden. If you collect coffee grounds or tea bags or even fruit and vegetable waste, put that all together, then go ahead and bury them around existing plants and put them in plots that you're going to use for a planting. And being that this is spring, it's a great time to really take advantage of all of these benefits. You are going to be just wowed by the mile-high growth results you will see. It's organic, it's rich, it's going to cut down on your trash, and it's going to make your garden beautiful. And think about all the mysterious vegetables that will start to grow as well. Well, <laughs> 888-666-3974. Call us right now with your home improvement question, your do-it-yourself dilemma. Leslie, who's next? Well, spring is sprung, and Christopher in Pennsylvania knows this by all of the ladybugs that have invaded his home. Welcome. Hello. Actually, it's not me, Lucky. It's actually okay. my son okay. and uh, his fiance. They're getting married on Saturday, and they're getting married in this house that they just bought that's infested with these ladybugs. And this is your wedding present to them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. 
How do I get rid of them? Well, I mean, what you need to do is, is first of all, physically vacuum up all that you can get your hands on. The good news is oh, that ladybugs yeah. don't cause any damage to the house itself. They don't really eat anything. But if they've taken over this house, the best thing to do is to vacuum them all up. Now, if you have a serious ongoing infestation, it really is a job for a pest control operator because they'll apply a chemical, usually say fluorine or something of that nature, that when done properly in the right amounts can completely wipe out the infestation and make sure they won't come back. On an ongoing basis, you want to look for the cracks and the gaps in the walls and the windows and areas like that where ladybugs love to enter your house and, and, and find their way in and then make ladybug babies and they just keep going and going and going. But uh, that's the best way. Vacuum up everything that you can see and then get a pest control operator to put a proper application down there and you'll get rid of them once and you won't have to deal with it again. All right, and it's called Cyflorin? Cyflorin. Uh, how do you spell that? C-Y-F-L-U-R-I-N. L-U-R-N. It's not something that you can buy over the counter, Christo. You need to have a professional pest control operator do the job for you. And you know what, Christopher, right. when you're vacuuming up these ladybugs, at the mm-hmm. end of the wand or somewhere where you can get into, put like a piece of fabric or even like, you know, a knee-high pantyhose on there so that mm-hmm. as you're sucking up these ladybugs, they end up in that pantyhose or in that cloth, and then you can just take that out and do what you will. Take now, them the outside. Vacuum cleaner hat, the vacuum cleaner has a bag in it, and she's okay. just been taking it, throwing it in the wood stove. But she's been doing this every she's been day. Incinerating for, those suckers. <laughs> <laughs> but she's been doing it. <laughs> it's been two weeks. <laughs> she claims she puts the bag in every week, every yeah. day. <laughs> it's oh, funny. My goodness. Hey, hey, thanks a lot. All right, Christopher, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. 888 666 3974. You know, when the infestations get that bad, it's time to throw in the towel and call a pro because the pros have the ability and the knowledge to apply just the right chemical, just the right type, the right amount, where they can do it once, do it right, and you won't have to deal with it again. It is time to get some professional advice when it gets that bad. Yeah, especially with a wedding a week away. Really? (laughs) This is The Money Pit, and up next, pesky woodpeckers. Are they turning your house into Swiss cheese? We're going to tell you what to do about it after this. You live in a money pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Citrus Magic, the all-natural super-strong air freshener, available in spray and solid form. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And spring is sprung, which means it's mold season. Uh-uh, darn. And you might be worried about mold in your home because maybe you're seeing it in your bathroom, maybe on the ceiling, you know, where condensation can accumulate. But there are places in your home where mold can actually hide and grow, and you might never even realize it's happening. We can teach you everything you ever wanted to know about mold, but we're afraid to ask. <laughs> 
<laughs> including how to get rid of it. It's all at moneypit.com. Just go to the website and go to the ideas and tips section and look for our mold resource guide. Print it out. It will be valuable information for you. 888-666-3974. If you don't want to pick up the phone, you might want to go to moneypit.com and click on Ask Tom and Leslie, just like Todd did from Alfreda, Georgia. And Todd says, I am finding holes made by woodpeckers in my exterior stucco walls. What's the best way to fix these holes? Uh, good question. First of all, I would suggest you get rid of the woodpeckers, Todd, because this way you'll have fewer holes to fix. Moving on, a good way to do that is with uh, pie tins will scare them away. Mm-hmm. And cutting some strips of plastic, black plastic bags, like a black hefty bag, tacked up sort of in the area or perhaps waving off some fascia does a really good job of sending them over to the neighbor's house and keeping them away from yours. Yeah, and it might not be attractive for you at your house for a little while, but it really does the trick of scaring them away. And in terms of the repair, um, the best way to repair stucco is with an epoxy patching compound. If you try to just mix up concrete, it may tend not to stick. It's a bit of a job, though, because remember, you're going to have to repaint on top of that after the patching compound dries. All right, we've got one here from KG in California who writes, Every time my husband puts up drywall tape, it seems muds up, bubbles like wallpaper. He'll peel it off and do it again, but the same thing happens. Uh, it sounds like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> KG, uh, the way to get around that is with perforated drywall tape. It kind of looks like a netting made out of fiberglass. Typically, it's uh, self-stick. And you don't have to worry about getting the air bubbles out from behind the old-fashioned paper tape because that is difficult to use unless it's something that you do quite frequently. So use the fiberglass tape. And you know what? You look at it and think, oh, gosh, this is a little thick and it's going to require a lot of coats. But if you do two or three or four very thin coats and sand it in between and feather it out, you'll get a nice, smooth job. And it's not going to fracture, peel, tear. You're not going to notice that seaming. And it's a great project for you. Well, as you tackle some of your spring cleaning projects this week, you may find the need for additional storage. And that is the topic of today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, you know, shelving is such a great and utilitarian choice for your home, for storage, all sorts of items, decorative tchotchkes, kids' toys, books. Whatever you need a place to put, a shelf is a great opportunity to do that for your storage solution. And there's a lot of opportunities to really make them decorative and gorgeous. So why not dress up a wall-mounted shelf, and instead of using those metal brackets that either come with it or something that's really not that attractive at all, go ahead and buy some beautiful wood corbels. You can get vintage ones at salvage yards. You can buy replications of ones at a variety of places online. Just put in wood corbels in your search engines, and you'll see you'll get some at some really great prices because that can really dress up a simple shelf. And if you're looking for, you know, creating even some more architectural art, go ahead and attach a painted paneled wood door below the shelf and in between those two corbels. And it just sort of adds some instant art and architecture and style to an otherwise blank space. And if you go ahead and age that door up, it can really make a nice visual impact. Advice, tips, home improvement projects available 24-7 at moneypit.com or by picking up the phone and calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Coming up next week on the program, we're going to talk about termites because it is swarm season. We'll have some tips and advice on how to keep your house off the menu. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 